1: It's a Thursday here in Cowboy land, and of course that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle, your boy Roy White, and a very, very special guest, a dear, dear friend, personal friend of mine, a local radio star at both ninety-seven-one The Eagle and of podcast fame about them Cowboys. It is the one and only Kevin KT Turner, former colleague of mine, of course, as well at KNTU. North Texas's first and only sports radio station. So uh, that's very exciting to have him in tow. And I don't want to waste any time because we have a very important discussion to be had today, and that is the security of Mike McCarthy. Of course, the Cowboys coming off of back-to-back victories against opponents who many thought at least were formidable coming in, a win over the Bengals and the reigning Super Bowl representation out of the AFC looked really good, and then a win against a previously undefeated Giants team that appeared to be better than the Cowboys on paper came and went as well. That would seem to suggest that Mike McCarthy has further solidified his head coaching status. And one member of this show agrees with that take, however, we need to step on that a little bit because I think there are some <laughs> Cowboys fans that disagree with it as well. So, Tom. Lay out to me why you feel that Mike McCarthy has further solidified his place as the head coach for the Dallas Cowboys and, in truth, maybe secured himself a future here in Dallas.
0: Well, let's start with the fact that one of the most difficult things to do in the NFL is win when you're relying on your backup quarterback. Uh, you know, the, the team structures its offense around your starter, And then when you suddenly lose that guy and you have to call in a guy off the bench who probably has seen very little playing time, as is the case with uh, Cooper Rush, you have to figure out how to make it work. And it takes a concerted effort. Um, I look at the contrast between what Mike McCarthy has done. He's now seven and seven when he's forced to start a backup quarterback. Jason Garrett in the previous tenure went like one and 13. He did not know how to win when he had his backup quarterback play. The key part is the preparation. Um, I think that McCarthy has done a great job getting this team prepared, getting it focused, getting the performance out of it. And while I give Kellen Moore a lot of props for calling some some really good portions of the game. Uh, you know, the start of the Bengals game and then that great three possession sequence when the Cowboys put up 17 unanswered points and wound up getting enough to win the game. You know, Kellen Moore did a great job. But don't forget that after the season opener, Mike McCarthy said he was going to get more involved in the offensive team meetings. And I think we are seeing his hand at work. And I don't know how you can fault McCarthy for what he's done in that aspect. He's not perfect. The team is still getting too many penalties. Although the Giants game was weird because we saw blatant holds on Noah Brown, just getting ignored And some other weird stuff, Uh, you know, uh, I think it kind of cut both ways. Both teams had some odd penalties. Both teams saw some flags not get called that that went in their favor. But overall, I think McCarthy has shown that in a situation of stress, he, he he is capable of getting a team ready to handle a crisis. Don't forget all the other injured players he's done without. You know, starting with you know Tyron Smith, and then you got Dak, and you've got you know Connor McGovern. Jaron Curse has been out. This this team has done a great job just stepping up and doing what it can do. And now we've got reinforcements on the horizon. Michael Gallup looks like he's going to be the first one back, uh, and Curse maybe a go this week too. And I think that you just have to look at this and say, what more do you want a head coach to do? Uh, He's still got to show how it plays out the rest of the season. But right now, I think he's in a better position, far better position than he was before the season when everybody was throwing fuel on the fire supposedly underneath his seat.
2: I I think there's some some really great things you said there that I think McCarthy does deserve a lot of credit. And the number one thing that I want to give McCarthy credit for is always – allowing players to be themselves and who they are. Um, I have a pretty good feeling that McCarthy probably wanted Amari Cooper here. Uh, I have no idea what to think about Lyle Collins, but but Amari he would have liked to have another weapon on offense. I think Kellen should get some uh, credit, too, for how they found a way to string together the offensive line and protect Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush should get credit for not just being checked down, Charlie, and for looking at second and third reads and, and moving the ball – you know, down the field a little more. The thing I would say about McCarthy, the the times I worry about him most are in the crucial times that end up winning and losing you games in the playoffs. You know, he's done this before. Uh, I go back to 2013, I believe was the year. Aaron Rodgers breaks his collarbone uh, against Chicago. The Packers were five and two at that point, and. They were able to do what we were kind of talking about when Dak first broke his thumb, and we thought it was going to be way more severe. And we were going, oh, if they could just win two or three games, they can maybe stay in it in this division and things like that. Well, they went 3-5-1, and one, and that tie was against Minnesota. That tie allowed them to make the playoffs that year and get Aaron Rodgers back. So to win three games with Scott Tolzien and Matt Flynn, and I know one of those games was very painful for Cowboys Nation as they came back from – from uh, way down to, to win that game. McCarthy, you should absolutely get some credit for that. Same thing happened in 2017. Yeah, he got Matt Flynn paid. He got Matt Flynn Fr- paid, paid, paid Seahawks. And now he employs this Scott Tolsey. So, like, there's a, there's some things there. Brent Hunley, though, they couldn't get through that when Rogers got hurt. The Anthony Barr game that knocked uh, Aaron Rodgers out in 2017 and couldn't string it together with Brett Hunley. So... We, we have evidence of them being able to win a few games and, and get that going. I guess Ryan, Adam, I'm at on Mike McCarthy. My problem all along with him is really three things. One, I, we have problems all the time with game management in the NFL. It happens all the time. But what happens with McCarthy is sometimes an unaccountability that bothers me. Like, I would rather him just say we shouldn't have done that rather than double down. And one thing we know about Dak so far, Dak has seemed to embody who his coach is. And we saw that in that moment in the 49ers postseason game last year where Dak had an uncharacteristic moment. And that type of stuff just rubs me the wrong way quite a bit. My other thing is we live in a league now where your coach should be making a difference. Whatever you say about Miami, yes, it helps when you get a healthy Tua in Tyreek Hill, but Mike McDaniel's well-respected. Sean McVay is getting guys open. Kyle Shanahan's getting guys open. Matt LaFleur is getting guys open. Well, if Mike McCarthy's going to be a highly paid head coach and that's worthy of a five-year deal, then what is he doing that's a difference maker on offense or defense? And I'm not sure that he adds anything there outside of just being that. But it's not his fault that that's what he's hired for. I just – I I, I I need my coach to be a bit of a di- difference maker in this league. Otherwise I feel like you're just kind of treading water. Well, I feel like, so
1: I just want to say, Tom, I actually agree with nearly everything you said. I think like right now relative to where Mike McCarthy was at to start the season, it, it is 100% true. He has solidified himself in his place currently, right? He might not even have the hottest seat in the NFL anymore, according to Vegas, which for the first two weeks, he was the number one candidate projected to be fired first. So I do think he's off that hot plate, but what do we know about the Cowboys, right? What matters is what they do in December and January. And while this, in my opinion, has potentially like temporary cooled that hot seat. There's another factor in play here that we haven't even mentioned. And that's the factor that, and this is why I think McCarthy is dead man walking basically no matter what he does, unless he wins a Super Bowl. And that's because the best coach on this team is currently captaining the defense. And next year, when he is being looked at by the rest of the league after his defense, continues to perform the way they have through the first three games, I'm sorry, but Cowboys fans are not going to be willing to let him go in favor of keeping Mike McCarthy unless Mike McCarthy is holding a Lombardi trophy as his weapon to protect him, right? Unfortunately, the way that they've played in the last two games, while in fairness, he again deserves a lot of credit because I agree with you, Tom, his stamp was on the offense, The stamp of winning those games in reality, I put it on the defense because the defense has been phenomenal in those two games. And right now they're on a sack pace that would actually break the NFL record that the Chicago Bears set back in 1984. Now, granted, that was in 16 games and the Cowboys are projected to beat it by one in 17, but it's still a record worth talking about and mentioning. And if they can continue to put that type of pressure on which, by the way, it sure feels like they've got a platter to be served this weekend <laughs> when they take on the commanders after what we just saw the Eagles do. I just can't see the front office being willing to part with Dan Quinn if it means keeping Mike McCarthy to do that. And, and that's where I kind of feel like it. at this point, I feel like if Dan Quinn continues to perform this way and the defense continues to perform this way, there's really not anything McCarthy can do outside of winning a Super Bowl that's going to keep him as the head coach in
0: Dallas. I will, I will offer one thing, and I don't know if this is an accurate read. I'm not sure Dan Quinn would accept the job if the cost was firing Mike McCarthy, uh, especially if if it's if it's a close thing where the Cowboys like go to the playoffs, win a game, and stuff, and then you know some, run into some kind of a buzzsaw. Quinn, I think, is loyal to McCarthy. I think he would be more willing to say, I'm going to go somewhere else and be a head coach, but I'm not going to undermine Mike McCarthy, who got me here and gave me the chance to reestablish myself in this league. Uh, and I don't know if that's an accurate read, but it seems to kind of fit what we sense about the character of Dan Quinn and what seems to be a relationship between the two. McCarthy has made and I think a good, uh, really the only call he could make in respect to Quinn, and that is to let him have the defense and just stay hands off. Quinn's got all the you know, the history, he's got the ability, he's obviously doing some great things with this defense. Why would you want to mess with that? McCarthy's increased involvement with the offense is also exactly what the team needed, I believe. And the, the problem we have there is simply, we are only going off of a few comments about what is being done we don't know how it goes in those meeting rooms. Is McCarthy sitting down and giving more an outline of what he needs to follow, and then letting Moore put the place together to fit that or not? That's what I suspect is what is going on more than it has in the past under McCarthy. And if if that's an accurate take, then you have to give McCarthy credit for stepping in and doing what he needed to be done and. Becoming a little bit less of a, of a hands-on coach. And remember, you've already mentioned, McCarthy is in a situation where he's got the, the, the owner-slash-GM uh, combo of, of Jerry and Stephen Jones, who are basically dictating certain things. They've got their hands on the roster and who stays and who goes, and may be overriding him on some things. And to be able to find success in that kind of a situation, that is another thing that I think is in McCarthy's favor because I think if the Joneses have someone who is able to win, while they're still doing their little fiddle battle around with the the roster and the salary camp and all that stuff, they're going to want to hang on to that guy because Mm, that gives them the chance of getting, you know, to the promised land without a head coach who's going to steal all the thunder the way Jimmy Johnson did and apparently created a permanent exile from the ring of honor.
2: I'm glad you went there, Tom, because I think there's, McCarthy's in that weird spot where anything that happens with the defense, Dan Quinn will get credit for. And whatever happens with the offense, both he and Kellen will be responsible for. And ultimately the thing that would stop this team from getting to where they need to be, it it looks like it would be the offense. And so like you have this strange situation and that's not mentioning the Sean Payton thing with next year. I think it's the double whammy of the front office because you're going to have to trade for Sean Payton. I think that plus giving up full roster control, which Sean Payton would demand. I think both of those things would be too much for them to go get Sean Payton. So that would increase Mike McCarthy's odds of finishing out the contract or getting another year. The other thing I would say though is Sean Payton might miss the coaching and uh, the aspect of what he's doing and also miss the, the limelight, I think he kind of is a guy who likes that and would actually like the job in Dallas. Would he like it enough that he would sacrifice roster control? Okay, if he would like a little bit of state, fine. Maybe their head, he's involved in the meetings and all that stuff, but he doesn't get full front office control like we know he probably wanted in the past. If he would give that up, I do think the front office would make a trade with the Saints. Because yeah. both things I don't think they would do, but I think one, they would. But you can't do that if McCarthy gets you to the championship game. I mean, that's well, what that, we're asking. We're asking I'm you glad that the Cowboys in the final 14.
1: Like, what's the level then? Like, because Tom and I have debated this, you know, in the offseason. We've circled back to it as the season began. Like, has the plateau changed? I, I had said and was vehement that if Mike McCarthy did not get them to the NFC championship game, he would be gone. Regardless of oh, how yeah. it happened, right? No I, doubt. I, I still maintain that. um But shoot, I'm starting to kind of think that even maybe. Well, no. If he wins the NFC Championship game, he will stay. It, it's still that bar. It's still yeah. the NFC yeah. Championship. It's final game. four. If he gets, it gets to, to it, the final four. Potentially yeah. losing it, he could still lose it, lose his job. But if he gets to the final four and is the NFC representative, he stays.
0: And- no, off with his head, Tom. <laughs> yeah, and I I sometimes suspect that it, it's it's not as as cut and dried as we like to make it because it would depend on how the team lost the game, for sure. Uh, and Jerry yeah. Jones can't do he, it with and, a
1: record-setting fourteen penalties. I tell you that, like they did yeah. last year. Uh,
0: but you know, if they if they just it was just a hard fought contest and they just fell short, maybe we'll say something like a. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But, you know, Jerry Jones might talk himself into taking another shot at You never know with with Jerry, because I think that's the one decision he really reserves to himself is, is who the head coach is. And uh, you know, with with his convoluted mind, you never know quite how that's going to come out. Uh, it, it's really going to come down, I think, to to as you said, what happens in December, what happens in, in January. Uh, and and we don't, we obviously don't know. And we we you know, the 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 great looming thing over all NFL teams is what happens with with injuries that can derail even the most promising situation. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, I will say, as, as I mentioned right now, the Cowboys have done an excellent job with it. They've kind of backed in some to some good things, you know, like how Jason Peters came around and now how he looked during those 14 snaps. I think they got something there. Uh, I would love to see Tyron Smith not be brought back in as a starter, be given a chance to finish out maybe. God, you just tackle. want him to
1: retire so bad. You don't even want him to come back. on Tom does not want him to even come back on the field, KT. like He'll forego I, the I, money. He'll just say, like, I, Tyron, go off into the sunset. Go hit a beach
0: somewhere. Well, yeah, because I think that that would be the best for him in the long run for his health, for his life after football. That man has – Sacrificed a lot to play play the game, yeah. uh, and I I I that stance is taken strictly from what I think would make him a much happier man in the out years. Uh, you know, uh, rather than come back and go through another injury riddle, riddled season. Well, uh,
1: I want to ask you both then, since we're on it, because you're right. Like they've fallen into some things. Like Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot appear to be a couple woo-hoo. of fines. Right. Uh, They had J. Ron Curse go down and Donovan Wilson at least filled in admirably enough that you felt like you could be comfortable with that role. And you obviously are starting to get some of these guys back. It's almost like making additions in terms of trades. Right. Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, J. Ron Curse potentially all coming back this week. So, KT, I would ask you as we stand today, three weeks in, should the Cowboys be mentioned amongst contenders in the NFC? Like it's an absolute. Right,
2: I, I, yeah, no, I I absolutely think so. And it's really not, (laughs) you really don't know much. I've always said this you really don't know much about a team until you get to week six, week seven, like middle of October is when I really get a good feel for what a team is. Like, I don't think the Raiders are an 0 and 3 team, uh, just like we didn't think the Giants are, you know, a winning team, right? So I think that that stuff will map itself out a little bit. You get a good test. You get a couple of bad opponents in the Giants in Washington. You get a couple of good opponents in the Rams and the Eagles. The, the team that's, you know, put themselves up there is the Eagles, although I can't say that that win over Minnesota is like some game changer. Minnesota's okay. I think the Cowboys are top five team in the NFC. I really believe that. It's Tampa Bay, Green Bay, uh, the Rams, the Eagles. I mean, I, I would have the Cowboys over the Cardinals at this point, and maybe that could change the Cowboys and you get to the Cowboys and Vikings, maybe you start flipping coins. And the, what are the 49ers now that Jimmy's back in? So I, yeah, man, you, you're a top five team and dude, you get in the dance and anything can happen. We've seen this before. And, and, and the thing I want to go back to something that Tom just said about, you know, Jerry really caring about the coach. One thing that has not lost in me. And so, so I said this last year and I got made fun of by, you know, Cowboys fans who got mad at me. And I just knew it because I would heard it. Jerry was mad that Amari Cooper did not get vaccinated, right? And that's the reason Amari Cooper's not here. That is it, right? Whatever you think about it, that's the reason why. Well, Jerry also, one thing that sticks out in my mind that makes him mad, same way Roy back at the fan when he would call in, he would call in if you questioned his age or he would call in if you uh, made something up and said that he didn't want to win. He would call in about that stuff. One thing that I will never forget that pisses him off And this is just how it is. He was not happy with how McCarthy handled the loss to the 49ers by going in, mentioning the refs. He did not like that. And and, and that, to me, I don't know how that will change things down the road, but it ain't going to be something that he forgets. That got in Jerry's crawl. So it's a revisionist history to go back and talk about something here that happened the point is that how you lose or win in the playoffs will probably determine your fate. Just keep that in mind though. If you see, you know, the cord get cut and maybe you're not expecting it. Jerry was not happy about that.
0: Yeah. Uh, an, an, another thing I will say that we, that's still going to have a tremendous weight on everything is what we see when Dak gets back on the field, Yeah. you know, Dak had a terrible opening game, and I don't know what that was really all about. Uh, but if he comes back and is like the Dak when he's playing well and, and doing good things with his team, and if he maybe did really learn something while he was on the headset the past couple of games and continues to do so, he talked about he, how he realized how much simpler it was than he thought and that maybe he is doing some self-evaluation and realizing he may overthink things when he needs to just go with the play and be quicker. Uh, you know, the offensive line is performing so much better than I expected when we lost Tyron Smith and all this, you know, juggling started going on and the, what was no matter how you look at it, a desperation move to bring Jason Peters in, which has worked out. Uh, Dak still needs to be getting the ball out quick and not relying so much on evading the pressure because that puts him at risk, but making smart decisions. And I think he may be internalizing how to do that. And that would be a great thing, but it's all going to really come down to what is the offense when he's back on the field, you know, and he is going to be back on the field This this nonsense about, making Cooper Rush the starter permanently is just so absurd, yet so typical of NFL fan bases and the Cowboys fan base in particular.
1: Well, and it's fueled as much by like the first take machines as it is by the fan base. Like, I don't know how much the fan base is seriously saying that Cooper Rush should be the starter more so tongue in cheek, like, Oh, well if Dak was the starter when he did what he did when Roma was out, then you know, Cooper deserves to take that job from him. And it's just so far from the same circumstances and situation. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and in truth, right? Like, I don't think anybody's seen anything in these games that would make them say, even still, if Dak was available tomorrow, yeah, I'm taking Cooper rush over Dak. Like he would have to do this for, I don't even know if there's a level of games that Cooper rush could win consecutively, consecutively, where I would say afterwards, I want to start him over Dak Prescott if Dak's healthy. Like, I just don't know if that exists.
2: Yeah, I, I am in the boat of let Cooper Rush lose a game though. That's like, <laughs> and you're going to get that chance, like because what's the point in rushing Dak back? Like everything you look back, this this uh, the break or the fracture was not as bad as we all thought it was, but it's still an injury where getting uh, 100% recovery is just not likely in a short amount of time. So if he's at 95%, whatever it is, strength and holding the ball, and Dak's not going to allow that to happen, but I'm a big fan of, well, why can't we just let Cooper Rush go loose to the Rams in week five? Like, yeah. we could just do that and then have Dak start the Philadelphia game in week six. It's a whole different story if you lose to Washington at noon at home this week. Then I would have Dak playing in the Rams game if he can go, and it sure sounds like it. Um, I mean, it's recovering fast and Dak is not going to let a second go by hell. He got mad at Garrett Gilbert on hard knocks for uh, having to, for Garrett Gilbert telling him, Hey man, uh, the coaches said, you just do the run plays. And then he got mad at Garrett Gilbert. Dak is not taking reps or plays off or games off if he's healthy and good to go. But I'm in the boat of, if you beat Washington, let's go ahead and let Cooper Rush lose one game and then, and then make the switch. But that's, that's just me. I like to play it safe too. It's a long
0: season. If, if, If Cooper Rush should pull out a win with the Rams, do you still bring Dak in for the Eagles? Because I would think they would. I would. Yeah, I
2: would because you know division game. McCarthy's a big believer too, and division games mean two games, right? So let's uh, that that's probably when the messing around would stop. (laughs) Because because you, I would fully admit you'd be messing around if Dak was healthy and he did not start at SoFi in Week Five, but. You know, it's uh, yeah, we'll see
1: how it goes here. <laughs> you are messing a little bit, but then again, you know, it's not as dire if they wind up getting yeah. the win this weekend, and it sure kind of does look like they'll be favored to do so, uh, in a prime position to do so. Speaking of the additions that we're going to get back this weekend, we're going to see the return of both Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz. Um, what are our expectations for those two players, and what would we like them to be? We just got done talking about letting Dak Prescott ease his way back in. And I think in general, Tom, you would probably agree with taking the same unpro- approach on these two.
0: Yeah. It's, I I'm looking for letting them, you know, kind of ramp up the way that Peters is ramping up, uh, get, put them on a pitch count. Uh, you know that the team has the players to allow them to do that now, you know, let's let's take a moment and talk about what Noah Brown has done in coming in and playing well and suddenly giving the Cowboys a chance at having a very capable starting uh, three wide receivers once Gallup is ready to go. Uh, you know w- remember back when we were saying that uh, Jalen Tolbert was gonna have to start for the Cowboys? Well, guess what? Yeah. He doesn't have to start at all. They can let him come along slowly and just, you know, give him a few reps and a uh, chance I to start let him. getting to see what. Yeah, and uh, you know the same thing with with uh, what Ferguson and Hendershot did. Schultz can come in, but he doesn't have to be out there for the normal workload. He can then cut his workload down about in half, I think. Get him back in and uh, use his talents. He is a great safety blanket, but. Man, I want to see Endershot going deep more. <laughs> I think that that's where that kid's going to make his money and maybe become a great part of a one-two punch, where you've got a possession tight end and then a the tight end that can actually help stretch the field.
2: A big believer in pitch counts, uh, like like you said, like that's it's very important, especially Galipu. Who- even said today, like mentally, he just wasn't ready to go. Physically, he's good to go. Mentally, he's not ready to go. Well, that that's important. But what gout does, being on the field for 15 plays or 20 plays, he just extends the surface area that you have to cover on defense. I mean, he's a credible 20-yard catch threat, and having him in the game automatically makes it a little more difficult on defense. So I like I like tune ups if you're bringing guys back, and Washington's a good team to get a tune up against considering how they quit against the Eagles last week. (laughs) It was very un-Ron Rivera of them, but that is what that team is. And also they're a team that's given up five yards a carry. So, you know, I I like the balance of 15 carries for one running back and 13 for the other last week. I know there's the the, uh, Tony Pollard contingent and I am in that boat, but you know, a little more of both of those guys, the way the Packers used Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and some of these other teams, you know, used both of their running backs, uh, that's that's something that's highly important, I think, going forward. So I would love to see the Cowboys really run it and, and not have to to you know really rely on the passing game. But I don't see the Cowboys putting up more than twenty four points. Like you, you put like point spread and have a favorite on the game. It's not like I see the Cowboys scoring thirty something points. So the odds are it's a close game on Sunday.
1: Well, but they don't need to, right? Because as we kind of have said this whole way, and we haven't really spent much time on other than talking about Dan Quinn and praising him because we don't need to worry about the defense. And we really don't. Um, If the Eagles did what they did a week ago, you kind of feel like the Cowboys pass rush is going to feast. If Micah Parsons is a hundred percent healthy, With Tank Lawrence coming off of the game that he played, you have to wonder how the commanders are going to have to account for both of those players. And that just frees up all the other guys that, you know, have shown the ability to flash. I mean, Chauncey Goldston was the highest rated player in that last game, according to pro football focus. Granted, he only had a few snaps, but these are guys that the Cowboys can start to roll out and put pressure on teams that, Really allows them to win games by scoring 17 and potentially win them comfortably by doing that.
0: How many plays do you think they're going to have? Tank, Micah, and Dorrance Armstrong all coming at the quarterback at once. That has got to be a night. That's got to be keeping Carson Wentz awake at night. Right well, now. you
1: know, he's thinking about it because he's already talked this week about how he knows he needs to get the ball out quicker and he's planning on doing so. But what has history shown us about Carson Wentz? He could talk a but big game to- until he's blue in the face, but when Sunday comes up, he winds up holding the ball far, far, far too often.
0: And then yeah, and when I, he d- does try to make a quick throw, sometimes it's to the wrong color jersey.
2: Yeah, I, I think the big overcorrect could happen here. I mean, nine sacks is ridiculous, and not all of those are on the offense line. There's some of that's clearly on Carson. In fact, if you watch any of that game, some of those times he's looking – he's the you know the wide receiver can't get the ball because he's not looking at him. He's looking at the rush in his face. So yeah, the overcorrect is is very evident. So, like, handoffs to Daniel Gibson and screens to McKissick and, you know, quick checkdowns to try to get rid of the ball. I mean, Scott Turner has been around for a long time. He's not going to just open up and here they come out throwing the ball, you know, a, a ton uh, early on. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless they want to shock the world and mess around with that, and then the Cowboys might get 15 sacks. So, I mean, like, it's a, it's a it's definitely a really good matchup for the Cowboys. I mean, it reminds me of the Bengals game. We know Joe Burrow doesn't like to run much. He likes to stand in the pocket. You got that same type of thing where they, you know, were coming off a game with seven sacks. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys get four or five sacks once again.
1: It's a weird mental place I find myself in now. Like, I've always – In general, we feel like we've always leaned on the Cowboys' offense, and if we were going to have a chance, it was going to be through that offense. But I have to tell you, it's a lot more comforting with what the Cowboys have now to feel like I can lean back and know that whatever they do on offense, the defensive line is going to bring it and bring pressure that's going to make things extremely difficult for the opponent. Like I am taking more comfort in that after these first three games than I think I ever have at any level of offensive performance that the Cowboys have put up since Dak Prescott's been the quarterback. And probably before that.
0: And if all else fails, if it's close at the end, just let uh, Trayvon Diggs make the game ending play to put, put it in the win column.
2: That works or, or the offense could settle for a 58 yard field goal from Brett Maher. We've seen that (laughs) happen quite a bit too.
0: Hey, well,
1: that's when it will come back to Mike McCarthy's feet. And hopefully he won't settle for that with 14 seconds to go. He'll take his chances to get another 10 yards. And that way, Brett Maher, as he did earlier this season, will be able to sneak it just inside the goalpost. And it'll show that they needed every inch that they got because that – has certainly happened this year so hey hey maybe mike mccarthy is learning from his mistakes and solidifying things and i like how we rounded that all the way back to the beginning so cowboys at taking on the commanders so uh, the rare noon kick here on sunday so you know it'll not be a very wild crowd because they won't fill in until about maybe midway through the first quarter but any predictions for this contest before we wrap things up
0: yeah I, I think the I was just going to say, I think the Cowboys are going to win by a couple of scores, and it's going to be a miserable afternoon for Carson Wentz.
2: Yeah, this could be the game that ends it all for Carson Wentz, honestly. Like, they could maybe pull the plug, and they invested a lot in him, but it's it's not going to be pretty. 24-17, though. I still think it'll be close – Because of the low-scoring game, I just can't see the Cowboys getting up to 30 points. I don't see that happening. So, 24-17 Cowboys.
1: The reason I see it getting out of hand is because the Cowboys are going to get touchdowns from an unexpected place, right? They almost got one last week from Cavante Turpin. He now leads the league in average yards per punt return. And I expect him, or I expect the defense at least, to put the – commanders back on their heels, punting from their own end zone at some point. And I think at that point, Turpin's going to take advantage of the short field and probably put one in the end zone, or they're going to get a defensive touchdown, right? But I do see them scoring about 27. And I think Washington only musters about 14. So I'm going to call it 27, 14. Cowboys run away with this one. Improve to three and one. And hopefully one more week, we won't have to be so riled up on the Cowboys as we typically are. Well, Tom, for you, KT, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the podcast, my man. Both a personal dear friend of mine and a extra, extra special professional who is doing great things over at 971 the Eagle in Dallas and also on the podcast about them cowboys. You can find that there on iTunes as well. So for Tom, I'm Roy. Y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we will see you next Thursday.